Hey, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Bob Kemp. Nah, we, what? I love Bob. Hey, um, we are so glad that you are with us this morning. Mountain View Chapel live from high atop the tower of overlooking wonderful, beautiful Madison County, Virginia. <laughs> Just plain. Um, ladies, happy Mother's Day. We... This is one of those times, just it's kind of like Easter, uh, miss being together. So uh, we've had such wonderful times in the past just uh, celebrating um, the women in our church family. And so happy Mother's Day. Um, we will be saying a little bit more about that and uh, lifting up the beauty of a godly woman in just a little bit. That's actually going to be part of our, our study this morning. I want to mention to you, and I want you to be looking forward to uh, May the 24th. Um, we have done in the past, we've done an outdoor worship series. So May the 24th, we've gotten permission. We're going to have um, the first of our outdoor worship series, and this is a little bit different path than what we walked before, um, but we are stepping out, and we are not scared to, to jump out and see uh, how God is going to work and what's going to take place. So um, on Willis Road... Um, uh, Mr. Mc, Mr. and Mrs. McMullen have graciously agreed uh, to allow us to use their far, farm property right across from our house. Uh, for those of you that helped out with VBS or your children have attended VBS, um, part of that uh, area is where we've used for our parking area when we had VBS at the Duggins home. Um, we've received a FM uh, transmitter, and we've got a team that's going to be working out all the bugs and stuff like that. So uh, 10 o'clock on May the 24th, uh, drive your car, and it's like having a drive-in, except we don't have a big screen. Going to have a hay wagon um, for the pulpit and proclamation area, and we're working out all the details, but we're just looking forward to being side-by-side, car-to-car. Uh, we've already gotten permission to be able to do this uh, from our uh, authorities and uh, our law enforcement personnel. Thank you. Um, Sheriff Weaver for that. And so we are just geared up and excited for that. Hey, I wanted to just do a little quick review as we get as a way of getting started this morning. Wednesday night, some of the things we were talking about, about the difference between fear and faith. I ask you, if you have not had the opportunity um, to listen to the sermon that we posted on Facebook, uh, it's a little bit long, but it's worthy of your time. Uh, I've had multiple people reaching out and just talking about uh, just the freedom and the life-changing biblical truth that's there. So I just wanted to remind you this morning, I wanted to read you a couple things, just to remind you of this is going to be an ongoing battle for the rest of our lives, but we really want to highlight it during this time of transition when things are going on. Fear is one of the enemy's most popular weapons in our lives. And I don't, I don't know if we stop to acknowledge that fear is not just something that we all struggle with on a human level. Fear is something that the enemy, it's a dart, it's an arrow, it's something that the enemy uses against us on a regular basis. So just a couple of things. Let's make a choice not to allow fear and anxiety to control our lives. Let's not, let's, let's not allow fear and anxiety to control our lives. Let's also choose to guard our hearts, to watch over our hearts, to not allow fear to creep in and grow in our hearts and minds. Proverbs talks about that, Proverbs chapter 4. And let's make a choice to focus our minds 
on what is true and godly in the midst of these uncertain times. That's where faith comes in. So let me just remind you, we read Psalm 41.10. So do not fear, for I am I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's what God is saying to us. And also, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. Not a, it, it is my own peace that I give you. I do not give as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So just a quick reminder, and if you've not been able to carve out time um, to listen to the sermon that we posted online, um, then I just want to really encourage you to carve out time to do that because part of what we're going to be talking about this morning and part of what we're going to be breaking down um, this morning, I'm going to continue to use this phrase, um, faith forward. Fear, fear makes us focus on the past. Fear makes us look backwards. And faith is a forward action, forward motion, forward momentum experience, placing our faith in God. So what we need to do individually and what we need to do corporately as a church, we need to figure out how are we going to move forward in these times. Hey, it, it's our reality. So let's walk by faith. Let's see together how we're going to move forward. So Ladies, happy Mother's Day. I love this time of year. I love um, just y'all are special. Um, you're special, Lord. And so uh, this morning, what I want us to just consider, and I want to raise the standard, is reminding ourselves of a godly woman or mother. Now, we're going to be looking at some scripture in a little bit different approach, but we're still going to be reminding ourselves. And I just want to say that as, as, as we're trying, as I'm trying, I'm going to do my best because there's so much in my heart and soul that I want to say. And, and I want to get across, and I hope that you can receive it. But for a lot of people that are going to be listening to the truth of the scripture this morning, they don't really know what a godly mother or a godly woman looks like. I understand that. Some of you ladies, you're trying to be something. You're trying to break out. You're trying to be a trendsetter because you're, you're, you've been born again. You've been set free, and you're trying to be something that you're not really sure what it looks like. You read the Scripture. You're around to other ladies, and we want to encourage you in your path don't be discouraged. Don't get down. You, God is doing transformative things in your life. Have faith. Release the fear. It's kind of like what we talk about as a church family. We're trying to be the kind of church family that most of us have never gotten a taste of or experience. So it's kind of like we're trying to do something that we haven't seen the full beauty of the landscape laid before us. We don't know, but yet we're walking by faith and we're going to keep growing. We're going to make mistakes. But we're going to learn from the mistakes we make because we want to glorify God. We want to draw close to Him. So this morning, I just we're going to be thinking about reminding ourselves of a godly woman or mother. And um, we've looked at 
two different women over the past couple of lessons. And we've been thinking about, last week we were talking about the unnamed woman, and we were just, I, I was just blown away. She's one of those, the unnamed woman we talked about in Luke chapter 7, and the centurion that we talked about and how Jesus responded to him about his faith. These are two people that are just heroes for Tim Duggins. These are a man and a woman that just proclaim great faith, unexpected faith, uncomfortable faith. And so we've been looking. We looked at Mary Magdalene. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about just remembering the faith of women that made a huge difference. And so even as we move on from that, my goal this morning is to raise the standard. And please hear me when I say this. I make no apologies. This morning, I am trying to raise again the standard of femininity, 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 and womanhood and encourage godliness within women. Our families, our church, and our nation need more godly women. Matter of fact, I will say to you as a man that our, our world needs more godly women on a greater level than I believe we ever have. I've watched things change just in my lifetime. Ladies, you matter. I say this with regularity, but I want to say it again this morning on Mother's Day. Ladies, your choices, your attitude, your lives, they matter. They make a difference. God has created you special. Your package, and as a man, oh, I'm going to plead with some of you. Not everybody needs to hear this, but there's some of you that need to hear this. You're packaged. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Don't try to be like a man. You are needed. God has created you special the way you are. Embrace your design and flourish in it. Don't redefine it. With that, I'll move on. When I read and evaluate the term godliness, it's a term easily used, but it's more challenging to explain. Think about this. Let me, let me ask you this morning. Let me ask you real quickly a couple questions. What does a godly woman look like? What is the expression of godliness in a woman's life? Now, it's funny, even having conversations about this, I think that it's one of those things like we use the term godly, we use the term godliness, but then when, you, when, it, when you're really pressed, okay, what does that mean to you? What is the word godly? What is godliness? What does that look like in a woman? But you have to, it's like two-component question. It's like, okay, let me, let me try to define godliness. Well, it, hmm. and, and I've experienced this in question and answer time. Recently, it's kind of like, okay, what? yeah, you kind of feel like you have an essence of what that means, but then when you try to go to define exactly what that means, you're kind of like, well, and then, and then what's, what's beautiful about it is you can come up with a list of like 85 different things that are actions, behaviors, expressions, or what, what kind of encapsulate what you mean by godliness. So let me just read one definition, one theologian, and we have this for you. Explains that godliness is a reverent awareness 
of God's sovereignty over every aspect of life and the attendant determination to honor him in all one's conduct. And he mentions that godliness and holiness denote one reality. And um, if you want to write down 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, those would be verses that would support that. So I hope that you'll hang with me this morning. Um, and we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians. And I want to remind you of some things because I, w- I want to give you I want to give you what I believe is, is, are the, these intangible attributes, these things that work from the inside out for a godly woman or godliness in a woman and a mother. And I just want to say that, um, ladies, there's so many different things. And I, there, there's something about a godly mother and a godly woman being the standard bearer of godliness or holiness in a family, even in, even in our family, we joke around and we tease around, but there's just certain things that my wife, that Lori, that that mother's heart and that sensitivity, that she's a standard bearer on certain areas when it comes to godliness and holiness. And we may joke and tease around about that or be careful, don't say that in front of her. And yet at the same time, that's an exalted, beautiful, praiseworthy example and standard that I so appreciate. Now, we joke and we tease, but I would never want that to change. There's, there's something honoring and godly and beautiful about watch what you do, watch your mouth, watch what you say. Those are things that need to be present in a home. Those are things that a mother and a godly woman need to, and and it's like that intangibleness. It's not, it's more of an attitude and heart thing. So this is what I want you to focus on as we read 2 Corinthians, I mean 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 2. And we've studied this in the past as a church family. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, Look at this, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Now, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, it says, now it gives this whole long, beautiful list and description. It says, now abides faith, hope, and love. And it says, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is that, that sacrificial offering of investment the way God has given on our behalf. So, just real simple. We could, we could give a whole list of a lot of different things, and we could have a, a dialogue and a conversation. But to me, the very beginning place, the essence of what godliness or a godly woman or a godly mother, and to be reminded of those things, to me, it starts, and it has to be promoted by faith, hope, and love. Now, what I love about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we've talked about this before, I mean, 
I said First Corinthians, First Thessalonians chapter one, is that it, it it partners the physical manifestation of these intangible internal qualities. So when I use the word faith, when I use the word hope, when I use the word love, that's a different description. That's an internal quality. That's a soul, spirit, and mind quality. And what it does is it, its presence by God manifests itself differently or physically in the behaviors and the actions of an individual personality. So when we're talking about godliness, when we're talking about holiness, it's an internal quality. It's like a hidden thing in the heart. It's like this internal, this intangible component. Does that make sense? We're talking about faith, hope, and love. So it's a spirit presence in the heart and soul. Now, I just want to say this, and women, ladies, mothers, I want to encourage you this morning, because I know that these are challenging, difficult times. Our world is more obsessed with outward beauty and physical presentation than ever before. And I believe that it's because of the presence of social media and the internet. And, and yes, I know that there's nothing new under the sun. And the same struggles of mankind are the same struggles. But I do believe that the intensity is on a whole new level because women... Men, we are bombarded with images nonstop. And what are the images of? The images of the, are of the external. You don't, you, don't, you don't pull up Instagram. You don't pull up these different, and sorry, I can't even list all the social media platforms. Just don't know. I mean, Facebook. But you pull all these things up. What are you grabbing? You may have quotes. You may have Verses. You may have things that you read, but what you're primarily looking at are images, physical images, body images, facial images. All the, There's these constant external outward images that we're being bombarded with, and it's not like you're getting the images of the spirit. It's not like you're getting the images of the heart, images of the soul. Do you get what I'm saying? And so I believe that things are definitely different than they used to be because we're bombarded by these external images all the time. Women are naturally beautiful creatures that have an external appeal to men. That's by God's design. I'm thankful for that. My wife is a beautiful woman, and she has an external beauty, and that's part of the natural process. That's part of the natural package, but that's only one little component of God's design. And ladies, I, I see more of an obsession, more of a narcissism. And I understand men, men are narcissistic. And, and it's growing at an alarming rate in our culture. But the sad part to me is I see narcissistic, narcissistic women, the percentage growing at an alarming rate in our culture. You see the ramifications of it on families and children. Why? Because we're so self-obsessed with the external. And we're not spending enough time on the heart and the spirit. And that's what I'm trying to get across this morning. The godliness is just like what Jesus said about being born of the spirit. It's like the wind. 
You see the effects of the wind. But the wind is more silent. It's powerful. And yet, it's not that visible force like other things. And to me, that's what we're talking about this morning about godliness. It's an internal spiritual essence that you see the outworking, but it's not, it's not all about external stuff. Ladies, you're going to have to fight the pressure that you feel in this world. And some of you, I'm going to say this in love, some of you, it would do you well if you're praying for spiritual awakening with us, if you're praying for other people, if you're pursuing godliness, some of you, you may even need to go on a fast starting tomorrow. You need to fast, not from food, but from the stuff that you bombard your mind with every single day. You may need to take a fast from Instagram. You may need to take a fast from, and I can go through whatever it is that you can't put your phone down for longer than 45 minutes. You need to release the pressure that you are bombarding yourself with because most of that is about external stuff. So let me just mention, you can write down Proverbs 12, verse 4. I love this verse. I was thinking about it this morning for me, and I'm blessed. Proverbs 31 is a record, and a lot of times, and what I see, I see, I see extremes with, with women, with mothers, when they look at Proverbs 31. And what I mean by that is they see these, these extreme application like, oh, I could never measure up, this woman's incredible, or um, that this is, um, I can measure, never measure up, so I put myself down, or this is somebody that is, you, you see what I mean? It's just, it's like we, we kind of miss the essence of Proverbs 31. And so I just want to remind you that Proverbs 31, as I mentioned this this morning, it's actually a record. If you read the beginning verses, it's a record of a mother trying to help her, her son understand a woman. And I love that because nobody better to help a, a son understand a woman than a mother. And so um, a woman who fears the Lord. And King Lemuel shares what his mother's instructed him about women. So it's actually him sharing what his mom's told him about a woman that fears the Lord. And so in Proverbs chapter 31, I just want to read verse 10. i got to turn over here. Um, Proverbs 31, I just want to mention a couple of verses here. It says, Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? Virtue. Being virtuous. I just want to focus on this. The reason I mentioned this verse this morning is because, there again, it's an internal spirit attribute. It's an attribute of the heart, soul, and mind. Virtue, being virtuous. Jump down to verse 30. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Charm. Beauty. There again, I feel like our culture is obsessed with coming across charming. There's so many different apps you can use to make you seem more charming. Or you put your best photos, your best videos 
the one out of 85 moments to charm, but it says very clearly here that's deceitful. And the whole beauty, the external thing, that just passes. Nothing sadder to me than to watch a woman who's spent her whole life in Hollywood or the media and it's been all about her external presentation and now she's 75 and she can't let go of that and she's obsessed with how she looks. That's just sad to me. I'm not talking about taking care of yourself. I'm talking about the passing of that external beauty because what God is trying to teach all of us, but especially ladies, your, your beauty is inside out. Thank God for the beauty that he's given you physically, but your true beauty is inside out. It's a spirit. It's an inner essence from God. So 2 Peter chapter 1, we'll hurry along. If you can't tell, that's a passionate area for me just because the number of women and uh, trying to help hurting, neglected, um, abused women. Um, and I can just tell you that I've had a, a, a number of women um, that Lori and I have been able to minister to, mothers, ladies, that have had women look at me when Lori and I have been spending time with them and say, Tim, you're the, you're the first man that I've ever had interact with me like a true brother not like I was a sexual object or that, you know, just say things that just grieve my heart because so many women don't understand. They haven't been appreciated. They haven't been taught. They haven't been directed about their inner heart, soul, and mind and strength. And then they begin to see women that begin to believe that God really does love them. And they, they allow his spirit to work inside of them and see the work of God from the inside out. It's a beautiful process. So 2 Peter chapter 1, and I've mentioned this a lot, but I want to reread these verses and point out several things, and then we'll be done. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, in verse 1, to those who have obtained like precious faith. Now, it's important that you just notice this verse. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now note, we're talking about that intangible portion right here. Life, we live life, but this godliness, that internal component. But it's through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Oh, look, he called us by glory and virtue. Those intangible things, that's those are part of that essence, what he called us by, by which had been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Do you understand the spiritual component, that inward, that spirit, that mind, that soul essence that we're talking about this morning? And that's how we're able to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust, through desire. It's this inward spirit working. It's not just by the deeds of the flesh. It's this inward spirit, but also for this very reason. Giving all diligence. Don't stop. Don't give up. Persevere. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, to perseverance, look at this, godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, 
you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten. Remember, we're talking about remembering and being reminded. Has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. I want to give you three things real quick. I believe, and I stake my life on this, godliness is only attainable by faith in Christ. There may be people that are religious that may appear godly, but godliness is only attainable by faith in Christ. Period. No other way. Just like Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. You can, you can try to accept in your mind, well, there's got to be other paths. I believe there's all paths. And I've met godly people that don't believe in Jesus. You can misapply the word godly, but they're not truly godly. They don't possess a godliness unless they have faith in Christ, period. So ladies, mothers, it's about keeping your focus on and drawing close to the Savior. Godliness is an internal development by the hope of the Spirit. We're talking about faith, hope, and love. Godliness is an internal development by the hope of the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit indwelling us because of that faith gives us a hope that we can be changed and transformed, like what Peter said and like we read in other verses, not by our own righteousness, but by the righteousness of blood that was shed on behalf of our sins. Number three, godliness is an inner working of the Father's love. I've met people in the past that other people said were godly. That's a very godly person. But I never saw love it was very confusing. It's not confusing now because I understand that genuine godliness is all about the Father's love being manifest through us. If you know somebody that you perceive to be godly, but you don't see an uncharacteristic supernatural love exude from them, you may want to question the use of that word. Observations of a godly woman. I want to give you four things real quick. What I've learned through the years, observations of a godly woman. Godliness in a woman sets her apart from the world around her. It's not how she dresses. It's her attitude. It's her spirit. As I've had the privilege of traveling to different portions of the world, I don't even speak the same language, but it's amazing that when I'm around a, a godly woman, a godly mother, a woman that's pursuing godliness, even though I can't speak the same language, there's a heart connection, there's an attitude, there's an expression that comes from her eyes. There's, it's just, it's an inner essence from the Spirit of God where literally the Spirit bears witness. There's an, there's an inner thing because it's, it's, it's an internal thing. And it, and it makes the woman different. It makes the mother different. And ladies, if you're working hard to fit into the world around you, if you're being molded by the pressures of social media, you're in a conflict and a battle because the Spirit of God is trying to set you apart. 
He's trying to change your heart, your mind, your soul, your inner essence to be different than the world, not to be just like the world. And then I won't go into all that. But godliness in a woman sets her apart from the world around her. Number two, a godly woman will never fit into an ungodly world. A woman that is pursuing transformation will never be able to fit in because you have a different master than the defeated one. A woman that is pursuing godliness, your desires are being transformed. Your heart's being transformed. So as much as you may try, and you may be lonely at times, and you may long to be a part of that whatever cool group or happening. Or, but a godly woman can never fit into an ungodly world. Number three, a godly woman has a radiant beauty that shines from the inside out. And ladies, a lot of you still don't understand that. I... I I see women, Lori and I are with somebody, and I'll just say, you are so beautiful. And the woman looks at me because it's just so natural to, you know, you qualify that by the external, the physical. And yet, I say it all the time. I try to say it to my girls. I try to encourage them that there is a radiance that comes from the inside that flows through the external. And there are, some of you ladies, your spirit, you walk into a room and it's just like a beacon. It's like this radiance is shining. It's, it's beautiful. And so many times in our world, it's all about comparison. And it's like, uh, you know, and I, and I feel my heart feels for you because all these external pressures are constantly comparing. You're looking, you're shopping, you're looking at this and my thighs this and my abs this and my neck and all I just my hair and and yet it's your inner spirit there's a beauty and a radiance that comes from a woman who's seeking God I don't really know how to explain it to you there's just a radiance that comes from a godly woman from the godliness that that inner essence I want to encourage you. Pursue that inner beauty. I'm not saying don't take care of the house, but I'm just saying the inside, inside out. Number four, godliness in a woman makes her valiant and strong to stand, lead, and fight for faith, hope, and love through Jesus. Godliness in a woman never Godliness never equates to weakness. Matter of fact, if you read some Jewish perspective on Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 is not a comparative as much as a proclamation that they pray it, they proclaim it. Men proclaim it over their wives. Women proclaim it almost like a chant, as a promise, as a, 
is a declaration of valor, of being valiant, of being strong, of being a fighter. There's nothing about the woman in Proverbs 31 that equates to a smattering of weakness. Now, for me personally, I dig strong women. I'm surrounded by them. Praise God. I love it. But I just want to remind you that godliness in a woman makes her valiant and strong because a godly woman has to stand against not only the wiles of the devil, but a godly woman has to stand against the wiles of this world, against the assaults, the attacks, all the things that are trying to pummel her and bring her down to distract her, to deceive her, to pull her aside from the most excellent thing, which is faith, hope, and love. A woman that is pursuing God... A woman that is experiencing a taste of godliness and longs more for it is never a weak woman. She's a strong, valiant warrior. And ladies, let's be honest. The ladies in my household, especially Lori, what they have to put up with, (laughs) they have to be strong. I'm not the easiest guy. And ladies, it's just part of life. You, as you pursue God, there will be this inner strength. Sometimes you might surprise yourself. There may be times where you expect yourself to fall, whatever, and then you find yourself being valiant and being strong and proclaiming and standing up. That's the pursuit of Jesus and the outworking of godliness. It's this inward spirit thing. Because as you pursue Jesus, as you read the word, as you begin to pour your heart out to him and depend on him, there's this transformation that takes place in your spirit. That's why the scripture says, yes, it's important for us to pray for each other, but don't be scared of the person that can take your bodily life. You need to fear God. You need to fear the one that holds eternity in his hands, heaven or hell, because it's your spirit that lives forever. You are an eternal being. What are you doing with that? It's godliness. It's that inner spirit that needs to be developed. So this morning, my challenge is to raise the standard. Ladies, we need you to be godly. We need you to pursue Christ. I personally, I can say to you that I am standing here today as a result of my mother and my grandmother praying for me. Because it was their examples of godliness that made more of an impact on me than I even realized. It wasn't my birth father and it wasn't my stepdad. It was godly women in my life that raised the standard and it made a difference in me. Their investment, whether I realized it, acknowledged it, appreciated it, or honored it. They're in heaven looking down, knowing that their pursuit of God, whether I could ever understand it or not, eternally changed me. Ladies, moms, please fight to be that for somebody else in your family and the world around you. Thanks for studying with us this morning. Happy Mother's Day.
I hope you understand that I believe in women. I support mothers and ladies. I stand beside them all the time. I care about you. I want you to be all that you can possibly be in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus gave his blood. He sacrificed because you are special. He cares about you. He wants great things for you, but for all of us. So let's draw close to Jesus. And let's allow our inner spirit, heart, soul, and mind to be transformed. And let's fight to live life from the inside out, not the outside in. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great day.